The Terps win. You are Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us part of your day. And the Maryland Terrapins beat the Indiana Hoosiers 44-17 in a huge win in the shell. It was never in doubt, and we were the much better team against Indiana through the game. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. We were clearly the better team throughout the whole entire game. And the Terps are 5-0 and for the first time since 2001 and the first time in the Coach Loxley era. The Maryland Terrapins are 5-0. and And that was the goal before the season. If you remember, all the pregame, all the post-preseason stuff, everyone talked about, can the Maryland Terrapins go into the Ohio State game 5-0 with a couple swing games against a Michigan State on the road. Even in Indiana at home, we were unsure of exactly how our team would look. We thought we would win. We thought we'd be favored in those games, but we don't know until the season starts. But it's exactly how it's unfolded. And the Maryland Terrapins have a very good team this year. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's Coach Loxley's best team yet, and I think we showed that against the Indiana Hoosiers, but the first time in the Coach Loxley era that we're 5-0, and it's shown that he's legitimately built something, and you can see it. It's like tangible with all the different statistics and the, the record-breaking stuff that we're doing, whether it's Talia, whether it's Ty Felton having a breakout game, whether it's a stat like that being the first win since or the first time we started 5-0 and since 2001. It's a tangible thing that you can see. Coach Loxley is really changing the Maryland program, and I could not be more excited. But we beat Indiana 44-17, to and it wasn't close. The Terps started fast, which we haven't always done. Of course, we look back at Charlotte. We look back at Virginia. Did not start the game well. But this time, we started fast right off the bat. Quick 60-yard gain, 62-yard game to be exact to Jayshon Jones, who, if you remember last week against um, against Michigan State, Jayshon Jones didn't record a stat at all, didn't have a catch, didn't have a reception at all, didn't have a yard, didn't have anything in the run game. Jayshon Jones didn't record a stat, which is very rare for Jayshon Jones. He was our leading um, he was our leading receiver last year with all those NFL guys. But Jason Jones got right back on track today, and he had six receptions for 120 yards. And like I talked about, he had the first play of the game was a 60-yard bomb to Jason Jones from Talia Tunga Viola. But even though he had 120 yards with six receptions, he was not the best wide receiver today. Ty Felton was. We're watching a Ty Felton breakout Right in front of us, Ty Felton had seven receptions for 134 yards and three touchdowns, a career day for Felton, and it's two straight games now, two straight games that Ty Felton has led our team in receiving, and I think it's pretty pretty clear who the three big dogs are right now. It's Ty Felton, it's Jayshon Jones, and it's Kaden Prather, who had a very solid day with four receptions for 45 yards. I think that's our top three right now. I think Tyrese Chambers 
can definitely get into the mix. He had another quiet day. He got nicked up a couple games ago, and that's kind of slowed him down. A lot of people expected him to maybe be our best wide receiver, but I said it from the start. Ty felt it might be might be too good not to play, and that's exactly what he's kind of showing this year. He got overshadowed this offseason with bringing in Caden Prather, who's played really well, bringing in Tyree Chambers, who's been probably more quiet than he wants to be. But Ty Felton has played like maybe our best wide receiver, definitely in the past couple of games. But I love the trio we got. And right now, and you add in um, Corey Dytus. You can't forget about Corey Dytus. You add in Corey Dytus in that mix, who had a quiet day. But like I said, it's going it's going to be one or two guys in the wide receiver room that really show out per game. It's not going to be all five guys. It's too deep. There's too many guys in the wide receiver room. But we got a three-headed monster in the wide receiver room. And they're all getting yards. They're all getting big passes. They're all getting touchdowns. They all look like a really good player. And we definitely have a top three skilled group in the big. 10. I will put ours ahead of anybody's except for Ohio State. Ohio State has the best skill group in the Big Ten with Marvin Harrison and Mecca, but we're going to be able to see them next week, and we're 5-0 and just like them. So we're going to be able to put our heads right against their skill group and see who comes out the best. But I do like our guys. Of course, Ohio State has a bunch of dudes out there, but I love our guys right now. And we know Talia, we know we have the quarterback advantage, and Talia just showed out against Indiana. And I'm going to say he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten right now. He went crazy, 24 of 35 for 352 yards and five touchdowns for Tunga Viola against Indiana. He definitely had a very nice game against the Hoosiers. Pretty much could do whatever he wanted. It was deep passes. It was short passes. It was medium range passes. It was a touchdown to Ty Felton. He's one of the Biggest reasons why we're seeing a Ty Felton breakout, but overall, Talia's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten, if not the best. I heard the broadcaster talking about it. It's between McCarthy, it's between Aller, and it's between Talia. But right now, if you look at the statistics, Talia's number one in passing touchdowns and passing yards, and that's not going to change after this week. And he actually moved up. Now he's, I didn't realize this, he's top 15 in the Big Ten in passing yards. And they said on the broadcast, he has a chance if he stays on this trajectory to be able to break the Maryland record, or not the Maryland record. He has all the Maryland records, but the Big Ten record in passing yards. So we'll see if that happens. But Talia Tunga Viola has played all really well so far. But how did the defense play? I'll tell you after this message from FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 off in bonus bets guarantee when you place $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. But the Maryland Terrapins defense... I thought played pretty well, all things considered. Only allowed 17 points, of course. But one of the biggest storylines of the game was Jay Sean Barham was actually out with an injury. I didn't know that was going to happen going into the game. He was questionable, I guess. I'm assuming he's going to play next week. But all in all, I'm going to shout out the linebacker room. With Barham out, they really stepped up for the Maryland Terrapins. Wheatland had a sack. 
Hippolyte was all over the place and had a bunch of tackles. Gote had a pick. That was all in the linebacker room. With Barham out, they definitely stepped up and brought up the game of the defense. They didn't take a step back. They made plays. They made plays that we expect from that linebacker room that's deep and talented with a bunch of guys in that room. And they all get playing time. There's experience. There's youth. There's a whole lot of different things going on with the Maryland Terrapins linebacker room. It is really awesome to see them step up with Barham out. But I think we need Barham against Ohio State next week. So hopefully he's back into the fold because we're going to need Barham to beat Ohio State. I think I think we're going to need his pass rushing ability off the edge. We're just going to need some of his playmaking ability for sure. And then the secondary I thought played really well too. I want to shout out Corey Coley. He's a guy that kind of got some hate. Because he hasn't, he didn't play. I didn't think he played awesome last year, but this year it's a new opportunity. And he didn't come in as a starter, of course, because Jaquan Shepard came in and took the starting spot. And then, of course, Tarheeb still moved outside. And so a lot of people thought Corey Coley was going to be a starter outside and Tarheeb still was going to stay in the slot. But that's not exactly what happened. But Corey Coley, I thought, played really well overall. So I want to shout out Corey Coley. He definitely stepped up. But the defensive line, didn't have a ton of pressure, didn't do anything special. I thought at times they did a good job at stopping the run. I do want to say Quayshawn Fuller did play really well. He had a nice sack, and he keeps showing me little flashes of just really good pass rushing ability. He has all the size and the traits. It's just putting it all together for him, and he's kind of starting to do that a little bit. We're definitely seeing Quayshawn Fuller starting to put it all together, but we saw a little bit against Indiana. Again, some of those flash plays, he had a really nice sack, but there are concerns. Um, some concerns on the defensive side of the ball. Tarheeb still left the game with an injury. That is my main concern is the injuries right now. Jason Barham out maybe next week. I expect him to play. And if Tarheeb still is out, that's a huge loss going in, into the Ohio State game. That's the game we want. If we had one game all season that we wanted Tarheeb still for, it's against those Ohio State Buckeyes because what they have in the wide receiver room. And that's why I've kind of been saying, I thought we've matched up. We matched up best against Ohio State because I think our secondary is one of the best in the Big Ten. And I think we can somewhat match up with their wide receiver group. You're not going to stop those guys, but I think we can slow them down. And Tarheeb still is a huge part of that, being one of the best quarterbacks in the country overall. So I think we need Tarheeb still a little. I think we need him in the Ohio State game, but he's hurt and I'm unsure of his status for the Ohio State game. So we'll see what happens with that. I really hope he's okay because we're definitely going to need him or Corey Coley's absolutely going to have to step up again. And so is Jaquan Shepard. He's played solid football since giving up those couple of big plays back-to-back weeks against Virginia and Charlotte. Hasn't given up a big play and has played really solid overall, but we're going to need Coley and we're going to need Coley and Jaquan Shepard to step up if Tarheeb still is out, but I really hope he plays. Maryland run game, kind of concerned again a little bit. It picked up in the fourth quarter, but in the first half, I was like, oh, no, it's happening again. We're not able to run the ball. I thought I thought Antoine Littleton had his best game so far in a while. He had 50 yards with a 10.4 average. Antoine Littleton looked really good, had a couple of big plays overall. And on another, it was a 
third and short, and he just moved the pile and got the first down. So Antoine Littleton looked really good, averaging 10 yards per carry. That's something he hasn't done. He's faced a lot of criticism because Coley McDonald's been outplaying him in terms of yardage and everything, and a lot of people want more snaps for Coley McDonald. But Antoine Littleton kind of shut up the haters this game and played really well. He's been averaging less than four yards per carry almost every game, but Antoine Littleton definitely stepped up, but Roman Hemby started really slow again, couldn't get anything going, ended up finishing with a solid day with about 50 yards, but averaged less than four yards per carry at about 3.9. So I'm still kind of concerned about the Maryland's run game, especially going into the Ohio State game. They have some really good pass rushers in JT and Sawyer, Michael Hall inside. They have some really good players in that defensive line group, and I know they're going to be able to get some pressure on Talia. So overall, I'm hoping going into next game that we get that kind of fixed a little bit. I want to be able to run the ball a little bit against Ohio State. It might not matter against Indiana that much. We might be able to just throw the ball anywhere we want. But Ohio State, it's a different animal, and it would really help for our chances of winning the game. I'm almost going to say we need the run game at least to be pretty good to be able to beat the Buckeyes. But overall, it just wasn't very good against Ohio State. But again, the Maryland Terrapins are here. We're 5-0. and And that was the goal all along. It's what everyone talked about it. And that's exactly what we did. It's exactly what Coach Loxley has preached. Coach Loxley said, we're... Our program is in a state where it's time that we can compete for Big Ten championships, and that's something he hadn't said. So you had to take it seriously. And I'm not saying I'm not here to say we're competing for a Big Ten championship, but I'm here to say that the Maryland Terrapins have a really good team this year. They can definitely take down one of the big three, and they can definitely end up in a bowl game. And I expect next week for us to be in the top 25 overall. I expect us to move up. We were 30th last week, um, and, but we received like 20 votes. So after this blowout win against Indiana, would not be surprised to see us at about 25th, maybe 24th, would not be surprised. I think we definitely sneak in. Colorado lost again, and we were right behind Colorado. They lost to USC by like seven. So I think we could definitely sneak into that top 25. And going into the Ohio State game, it's the Fox pregame show is there. It's at 12. It's going to be a huge atmosphere. It's going to be loud. It's going to be one of Maryland's biggest games. We don't. I'm not going to say we're going to win it, but I think we have a good chance of putting up a good battle. But overall, we're here to celebrate the Indiana game. Another great win, but that's all we have for the postgame show. Glad for the Terps to win 44-17, and the season is off to a great start, and Maryland football is an awesome area. But thanks for listening to the postgame show today. On Monday, we're going to come back and talk about the game in detail. We'll get into everything. We'll get into Leah. We'll get into the run game. We'll get into the tie felt in 2 game. We'll get into it all. So make sure you like and subscribe to Locked On Terps for all that coming up. But thank you for listening to Locked On Terps.